uh, Singapore, all these things where uh, it looks like there's going to be a, a control, a one world control, a one world economy, a, a one world uh, sense of the ability for individuals to mandate uh, things and we talk about freedoms and free and thank God I am free and yet in the midst of our world uh, there are no such things as true freedom. There is a whole level of, uh, you know, uh, government uh, laws and you say, well, I'm, I'm free. Well, just drive as fast as you want on the freeway and you'll see how free you are. And uh, just uh, shout fire in whatever crowded uh, uh, place and see how free you are. Or just uh, try to get on the airplane without a mask or without a uh, whatever it is and see how free you are. You know, we all are have experienced and are experiencing moments where we realize, you know what, uh, well, there are laws to follow and there are things that we have to do. And yet the singing today was about, you know, uh, I'm, if I run, I'm running from uh, my past that was I've been redeemed from. If I'm shouting, I'm shouting for joy. Why? Because one of these days we are anticipating going up with a shout and the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and we're planning on rapturing out of here. So when you thought you stop and think, Lord, I want to be ready to go in the rapture. And you may say, well, how do I, I do that? And I know, you know, we have formulas and we could say, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. And that's step one and step two. But I, I want to look at some of these and I, I agree. Uh, we, when we talk about go, getting ready for the rapture, the first thing that we really have to recognize is that we have to be repentant. We have to have a, a sense of being sorry and turning from our way and our human way and turning to godly uh, uh, saying, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to live my life for you. And I realize, in fact, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, godly sorrow works repentance unto salvation but not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world works death. Now why would he say godly sorrow does something different than worldly sorrow? What is worldly sorrow? Well, worldly sorrow is regret. Worldly sorrow is remorse. Worldly sorrow is I got caught with my hand in the cookie jar and I wish it wouldn't have been there. And not me, Mom, I didn't do it. Whereas godly sorrow, hopefully, begins to become a lifestyle of, Lord, I need your presence. I need your spirit. I need you to wash me again today. I have a problem. I'm struggling with whatever it is. Fill in the blank. Godly sorrow brings us to an altar of repentance, brings us to an altar of consecration, brings us to life and life more abundantly. Worldly sorrow only happens when I've got caught. And I dare say, you know, 
most of us in here haven't been caught on all that we've done. You say, oh, pastor, you're, you're, don't be careful before you think. Because if the Lord judges every thought and every action in the dark, huh? And every idea, then you might need a little godly sorrow. Why? Because it works a sense of repentance. So Paul talked about that. Simon Peter also talked about the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering to usward not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. And so when we talk about what Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Simon still felt it important that not only after that initial sense of repentance, but that even to write his book later that he would say that the Lord wants everybody to come to a place of repentance, of godly sorrow, of saying, Lord, I need you to wash me again today. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to forgive me. I need your presence. And then Simon goes right into the next verse. When you read it, it says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and all the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall dissolve, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conversation, in godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God? What are you saying? I don't want to talk about the rapture. I don't want to talk about the end time. I don't want to talk about what's going on. When you start having godly sorrow, you start looking for the day the Lord's going to come. You start talking about the coming of the Lord. It's not there because it's not a fair. It's not a, It's not causing to beat me down. And oh, Dad's coming home. You better, huh? You wait till your father gets home. You wait till your daddy gets home. You wait till I call your mama, huh? That's not what. That's worldly sorrow. Oh, please don't tell dad. Please. Please, please don't tell dad. You can get the, you can hear that word when you're a grandparent from your own grandkids. Whatever you do, don't tell dad. Now this is between us. That's not godly sorrow. Repentance is oh, I want to see him. <laughs> want to see him. Look upon his face. He's done so much for me. Lord, I want to be in your presence. Oh, I know I've not been talking the way I should and I've not been doing but Lord, I love you. I need you. I need your presence and your spirit to wash me and touch me. I'm looking for your return. Why? You know, I, I understand and and, and you know, Sister Lois Odie just got back from Portland, saw her children, 
And, and we, I, I would, grandchildren, center of family, and had a memorial service for Brother Harry out there. I, how horrible would it be that if your family thought they were dreading your visit? Think about it. Oh, I don't want to, oh, oh, he's coming back. Uh-oh, that scares me. Oh, he's coming back. That, that, that bothers me. Oh, he's coming back. No, let me tell you, godly sorrow says, oh, I can't wait to see him. I can't wait for this to all be over. No more tears, no more dying, no more pain, no more battling my flesh, no more sickness. Oh, I'm sorry if you want me to feel bad about the coming of the Lord. I don't. I'm looking for and I'm hastening. I'm saying, Lord, come quickly because I'm looking for a new heaven and a new earth. And it says, he that does, he that does these things diligently shall be found in him in peace. You want to have peace in the midst of what's going on? Start making sure you have some godly sorrow going on. What does that mean? That I'm, I'm looking for the coming of the Lord. And he says, without spot and blameless, ye therefore beloved, seeing that you know these things before, beware lest you be led away with the error of the wicked. Fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory now and forever. Amen. What are you saying? Are you saying that repentance? How do I get rapture ready? I, I embrace godly repentance. There's not a service that goes by that I shouldn't feel like raising my hands and saying, Lord, wash me again. Lord, cleanse me again. Lord, touch my mind and heart again. Why? It's not, I'm, oh, well, I've got it. I've got my ticket punched and I've got my, my, you know, I bought my ticket. I got it here in my hand. I've got my voucher. They, you know, repent, baptize Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm ready to go. No, real repentance comes from that sense of I need the Lord every day. I need the Lord every moment. I, it's not just something that I put in my coat pocket and say, yep, I've got it ready to go, but that I need that presence of God on a daily basis. Oh, when you realize that Simon Peter was the one that preached to Cornelius in Acts 10 and had to go through the whole sense of, you know, a sheet let down and all of the history of all of that. Cornelius being the first Gentile, the first of us, those that were not Jewish, that were not born into the tribe, one of the tribes of Israel. And in the 11th chapter, when he began to talk about what happened because they went there and while Peter was speaking, you remember in the 10th chapter, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost fell and they begin to speak in tongues. Wow. And he said, that's supernatural. I, I can't do that part. I can baptize you. You can tell me you've repented. You can confess that you love the Lord. But the supernatural part's the Holy Ghost. And so Simon Peter was convinced when he saw the Holy Ghost speak through him, he said, you know what? What 
we might as well baptize them. And so he, they baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then the Bible says that they came back to the Jews. And the Jews were like, how is this? That you baptize and let, let Gentiles get in? And, and Simon's response was that, you know what? Si they got the Holy Ghost just like we did. Read it in the 11th chapter. He said, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't lay my hands on them. I didn't have a prayer campaign. I didn't have them stand and repeat a sinner's prayer. I did nothing. I was just preaching Jesus. Amen. And all of a sudden, Cornelius starts talking in tongues. That's why Brother Nick was so excited about Sister Lavdisa back there. Just raised her hand. You know, hallelujah. Just talking in tongues. Well, that's, that's the power of the Holy Ghost falling. What are you saying, pastor? Oh, are you saying that, you know, you can't have an altar call? No, you can have an altar call. We, we can invite you to an altar, but you can get the Holy Ghost on the back seat. You can get the Holy Ghost at home. The Holy Ghost can be poured out anywhere. And the Bible says that, well, while he says, let me tell you what happened. I was just preaching to him. You read it in the 11th chapter of the book of Acts. And he said, they started talking in tongues. So I just simply said, might as well baptize them. And do you know how the Jews responded? Woo! When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God. What do you mean held their peace? Because they were upset that he was with the unclean Gentiles. I can't believe that you would go speak to the Gentiles. Yes. So whenever they heard they got the Holy Ghost, it shut them up and they glorified God and said, and they used this phrase, God also to the Gentiles has granted repentance unto what? Life. That's the godly sorrow. Worldly sorrow produces Death, depression, sadness. Godly sorrow. Oh, I feel so clean. That's why the song, you, you know why I'm shouting? I'm shouting because one day he washed my sins away. Why am I running? Because one day I, he took my past and I'm running because I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been set free by the blood. You know, folks look at the church sometimes and they say, oh, you think you're better and you think you, oh, you, you don't understand. We, we have what we call godly sorrow, which means that we are just, it's unto life that unto the Gentiles was granted repentance unto life. You see, this was a message that John the Baptist preached that the Jews didn't even have a concept of repentance. They were just simply born into this by birth. Whoever your mom was, whoever your dad was, you're Jewish, so therefore it's all taken care of. It was a pretty exclusive club. Nobody had to repent. Nobody had to say they were sorry. Just do some more deeds. It was all deed based. It was all, you know, one of these days, judgment, they're going to weigh our good works versus our bad works. And hopefully I'll do my good works will outweigh my bad works. Whew. And you can, 
I, I don't know if you've ever looked online. I think it's one for Israel or something. They have stories in there of testimonies of, of Jewish young men that were in college and others that say the first time they ever heard that I was a sinner and that Jesus could save me from sin. And one of them was who was a neurosurgeon. I think I, I logged on somebody and heard the testimony and he said, I was in undergraduate and my roommate said something about, you know, all this that you're doing on the internet and all the stuff you're doing is sin. And he said, I begin to realize, wow, you mean I can be set free from this? And he said, that's why I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. It's because it granted me repentance unto life. Repentance unto life. Not just beat down with worldly sorrow. That's why when John preached, he preached, let me tell you something. I'm going to baptize you in water unto repentance. Jesus came along. He preached repentance. I've already read you one verse or several other where Paul preached repentance. Then there's Simon Peter preached repentance. Jesus, in fact, told parables in Luke the 15th chapter about a man who had a hundred sheep and they went looking for the one lost sheep. Remember the story? And about a woman who had ten coins and she lost a coin and the woman goes searching for that one lost coin and then it, it, it follows up with the prodigal son and the father and two boys and one of them acts bad and leaves and, and goes off and, and, and spends his money the way he wants and then comes back and how the father that had this rebellious son is there waiting for him. And in the midst of that chapter, it says, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Oh, let me tell you, you want to make heaven happy when you come in and say, Lord, wash me, cleanse me. I need your presence. I need your spirit. I tell you, you say, well, pastor, how can you get so excited and shout about repentance? Because it's godly sorrow, which works life, not worldly sorrow. Oh, I know you may be here this morning and you may have your own past and your own hidden stuff and you say, oh, God can't forgive me. I, that's a lie. I'm going to tell, tell you right now, that is a total lie. Jesus, what you're praying is, Lord, I wish I could not have to deal with whatever. Jesus already prayed. I'm gonna, I want you to stay there. I want to escape. Getting rapture ready is not a sense of escaping. Oh, I do want to escape. I'd like to escape COVID. I'd like to escape. I'd like to escape sickness. I'd like to escape all of that. But escape is not really what the Lord prayed for us. Remember in the 17th chapter, he's praying in the garden until he sweat like it were great drops of blood. And he said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. Notice that phrase. For their sakes, I sanctify myself that 
they also might be sanctified through the truth. What are you saying? Jesus went to Calvary for one reason only. It was not because he had, he had a death wish. It wasn't because he wanted to see to suffer. But the Bible says he did this for one reason and one reason only. That he could bear our sins. Simon Peter talked about it in his book. He said who in his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by who stripes ye were healed the reason we get excited about a healing touch is, and, and that in the physical that's wonderful but let me tell you the greatest healing touch you'll ever experience is when your sins your sin sick soul has been washed and forgiven and cleansed and you come into the presence of the Lord and you raise your hands and all of a sudden turn the light on and say Lord I'm tired of hiding in the dark I'm tired of ba battling all these things that I've been battling that nobody knows about. I'm tired of living a double life. I want you to wash me and cleanse me and I want to change a 180. I don't want to keep going back to that stuff. That's why John would say later on in his book, these things I write unto you that your joy may be full. I'm writing this so that you will be excited. If the thing that makes you sad is coming to the house of the Lord and you get convicted of sin, stop it. Stop it. If the Lord's telling you not to do something, then quit. He said, well, I don't have strength. Get the Holy Ghost. That'll give you power to stop it. Get baptized in Jesus' name. That blood will break every bond. Well, I just don't have the strength. You may not, you may not want to. You may not have the willpower. But the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry. The Lord. Before the Holy Ghost looked at a woman taken in the act of adultery. Had five or six husbands and said, go and sin no more. Now. How cruel is that if she couldn't stop? Most of us can stop. We just don't really want to. And we're not willing to be accountable and put up guards. And, huh? It's like, it's not that bad. Well, I know people that are a lot worse. <laughs> Well then, if you know people that are a lot worse and if it isn't that bad, why don't you come and say, make an appointment, I'm going to just tell the whole church everything I'm doing. Well, pastor, you're sick. <laughs> tell him all about your thoughts, what you've thought, what you've done. Huh? No, I don't even want to share those with myself. I don't even want to, I want to wash, huh? We know it's bad, but worldly sorrow produces death, embarrassment, shame. All of a sudden the family finds out. All of a sudden everybody knows, oh, I wouldn't want that. You know, 
whatever you do, don't let anybody on my phone when I die. Don't let anybody on my computer. Don't let anybody in my closet where I store my literature. Honey, I want to tell you something. What the Word said, what John was trying to say is the Lord wants you to just come clean at some point and get into not worldly sorrow, but into godly sorrow where you stay full of the Holy Ghost and repentance so that your joy may be full. Why? Because God is light and there is no darkness. If we say we have fellowship with Him, but walk in darkness and have hidden and secrets and things that we don't want revealed then I, I, I you know and I'm, I'm, I'm not here wanting to tell you all the thoughts that run through my mind especially when I'm driving on the freeway you already know my, some of my thoughts and, and some of my feelings but the point of it is I, I, I'm not asking you to confess everything openly but those are the kind of things that you keep bringing into the presence of God and saying wash me Lord cleanse me Lord I want I want want the light to shine on me because if we walk in darkness we lie. If we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of his son cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin I don't need repentance pastor. I did that back in 48 I need it every 48 hours. Paul said I need it every 24 hours to die daily. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and we and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful to forgive our sins and to, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Whosoever commits sin transgresses the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And know ye that not know ye that he was manifest to take away our sins. In him is no sin. Whosoever abides in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither know him. Why? What are you talking about? John was the one that said he got a vision on the Isle of Patmos of the book of Revelation, the chapter 1, 2, and 3, and it's all about written to the churches. Chapter 4 is the rapture. Heard a trumpet voice saying, come up higher. That's how chapter 4 opens up. You want to get rapture ready? Go to one of those churches and put yourself in it. Say, well, I'm not a member of that church. Well, let me tell you what God said to every one of those churches. I know. I think I know what you're doing. I might have a little idea about what you're thinking. Before the rapture, chapter 4, he said, I know your works. I know your patience. I know your poverty, your financial situation. I, I know, I know you. In fact, I know your patience again. I know where your residence is. I know where your faith is. I know who your family members are. I know those that are giving you fits. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Don't think you can hide it from God. You can't. You might as well say, Lord, you know. 
I want to repent because I want you to wash me. I know you already know where I'm living. Oh, but you don't understand. You don't know how. You, you don't understand, Pastor, how I was raised. You don't understand how, where, 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 how I got this habit. You don't understand my DNA. Oh, well, I'm so sorry. But the guy that knows how many hair are on your head and the guy that knows everything about you says I know and he still is saying I'm in the midst of the church and I want you to repent and ask for God to wash you and cleanse and make you new again. That's what Revelation is so exciting. When you read about the coming of the Lord, here it is that the Lord is in the church and he knows. In fact, in the third chapter, the church of Laodicea, the last church that he writes was a church that, that God knew more about them than they knew. Huh? They thought they had lots of money. They thought they had lots of toys, stuff. They thought they could see everything. You remember? They thought they dressed up nice. They looked good on Sunday. Huh? They thought, you remember? What the Lord tell him? You don't realize how pitiful you are. If you don't, if you don't have godly sorrow, you can come and sit and say, "I'm a member of a church or a club or whatever." But if you can't let God turn the light on and show you where you need to do better and where you need to, oh. Uh, Anoint my eyes with eye salve, Lord. Oh God, I want to buy your gold. I want to put on your gold. What are you saying? I'm saying that in this hour, we've got a world that can't see what's going on. And the Lord said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore. What does that mean? Zealous. Oh, great. I'm going to be chastened. That's just counterintuitive. Nobody says, oh boy, can I get a spanking today? That's because it's worldly sorrow. That's why we are not zealous about the spotlight of the Lord. Because if we were zealous about the spotlight of the Lord, we would say, Lord, I know you're coming soon. If there is anything in here, if there's anything in my mind, if there's anything in my heart, open me up, cleanse me, oh Lord, wash me, came me on the inside. Oh, why? Because we are living in an age of folks that are full of darkness. That's why David said, I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shines as day and the darkness and the light are both alike. God knows anyway, so why don't you just say, Lord, I think I, I don't fully understand godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow. 
sorrow. But one thing I do know is that I want to be touched. I want to be set free. I want to be delivered. I want somehow, Lord, go ahead, Sister Chostain, get ready. We're about ready to go here. I know I got more slides, but it's time is over. I'm, I've done all I can do. What are you saying, Pastor? Do you feel bad? Sure. The accuser of the brethren can attack any of us and make us feel bad. Oh, you did this. You thought this. You said this. You had that. But hopefully when we come into the presence of the Lord, that worldly sorrow is shifted to godly sorrow. And I say, Lord, I need you. And rather than to feel bad and wallow in self-pity, you know, I, I know, I know there are some churches that they don't want to preach about an altar of repentance. They don't want to preach about, you know, you've sinned and you've come short of the grace of God. I don't want to say that. I want everything to be good. You're a champion. You're wonderful. You're awesome. But you don't understand. That's worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow is... Lord, wash me again today. You want to get rapture ready? Say, Lord, baptize me with godly sorrow. I want every day to be another day where I say, God, somehow, come. I want you to cleanse me. Let's stand. Hallelujah. You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. You've been hearing the same old voice telling the same old lies. If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life for you this morning.